You're listening to Creative Thursday, episode number 230. Welcome to Creative Thursday with Marisa Ann Cummings. We're talking all things life, business, and creativity with a special focus on helping artists confidently and consistently sell their creations to their ideal collectors online. Intended to inspire and empower you wherever you are on your creative journey, both personally and professionally. Enjoy and thank you for listening. All right, we just pressed record on a brand new clubhouse room. Hello, Marisa. Good to see you. This is how I typically run these rooms is we're going to talk about email marketing today. I'm going to kick it off with three tips and then we're going to open up the floor and have a discussion going And I did last time, last time I am sad to say I did not make it to have my recording and uh, yeah, we'll just leave it at theirs. Oh, I tested this time to make sure that I have the recording and that it is working. Sean got on with me, so we should be, we should be good to go. All right, let's dive in. Let me give you, so I think this is a topic and I'm so glad, well, it's a topic that needs to be talked about more. And I'm so glad that artists are beginning to ask questions around this and want to know more about it because let's just be honest, there's a lot of resistance around sending emails And I'm just going to cut to the chase and say that I believe it's because we don't want to bother people. And I have heard that directly from uh, someone who shall remain nameless, who has a business slightly different in the creative field, but slightly different. And we were having a conversation and I know from experience, 14 years of experience or 15 of sending emails, I know from experience that emails work. In fact, they they become revenue. They become revenue. They become income. And I asked this person, can you just tell me why are you not sending email lists to the people who are waiting to collect what you have to share? Because I know that it could be the difference between you doing this business part-time and doing this business full-time. And the answer I received was one that I understand, but was also very heartbreaking to hear. And that was this, I don't want to bother people. If you are in business and that is your fear, which I don't want to bother people either, but I don't see sharing my art as a bother. I see it as a gift. And I have certainly been in a place where I've been more concerned about that. And that concern is gone at this point. um, I'm not concerned. If you unsubscribe, 
that's totally fine. You always have that right. I know you may follow, choose to follow me on Instagram, or you may just be complete in your time in, in my life and my work, and that's totally fine too. But I'm not allowing one person or several people, a very small percentage of people who don't want to hear from me to be the determining factor as to how my business thrives. And so when I heard this, when I talk about how disappointing it was to hear is because I know that this would be the solution for this person. It would be the solution for their dream, what they say they want, which calls into question. If you really want this as your business, you will find a way to to do it. And if you if you don't or it's more important for you to appease the outside world in whatever form that looks like for you, then then you you might give up. It might not be that important to you because it becomes that important to you. So none of us, and especially as artists, none of us want to be here to bother anybody. <laughs> it's just, it's not, it's not usually, <clears throat> excuse me, it's not usually in our DNA to want to bother somebody. It's just, we're here to make art. We want to share it. We're passionate about it. We're passionate about it having an impact on, on someone in a hopefully positive way. And so that's why we share it. So first of all, let's just say that that's just taken off the table. And then let's add in the fact that we're a business and a business owner in order to market, that's where I was starting to say, if this really is your fear, I don't know that being in business for yourself is right for you because marketing is about sharing and marketing is about connecting. And that doesn't happen unless you take the time to do that. And no, it's not enough to do it only on social media. Two to 4% of your followers on Instagram, possibly likely as well, it's around the same percentage on Facebook, are seeing what you're posting. It's a very very small percentage. And so our goal as online business owners is to be able to reach people in different places where they prefer to hear from you. And yes, that does mean a number of places, a number of locations. And yes, you will grow into that. But my three tips that I want to share with you today are going to be focused on email marketing. So all of this to say, I'm really glad that the conversation is coming up, that I'm hearing artists talk about this because it means that after years and years and years of suggesting this, that people are finally coming to realize how important it is, which in fairness to uh, my, well, my point of view on this, it's very hard for me to understand why it would ever be a question. (laughs) Like to me, getting an email list is one of the first things you want to do as a business owner. And I personally recommend Flowdesk is one of my favorite email service providers right now. And yes, you will pay for it. And yes, it is worth it. It is one of the most important tools in your business. And one of the reasons I really like Flowdesk is just that it's very beautiful and very intuitive. And so 
That's not a bother to receive a beautiful email ever. I'll just say for the record as well, I receiving emails from artists, one of my favorite emails to get. Okay, so let's just agree, no bother, moving forward, get an email service provider. So that's my first tip, get one set up. It's, it's never been a question for me, and the reason why is I've never not had one. I had one before they were trendy. I had one because that was the only way I could communicate with people was email. There wasn't Twitter, there wasn't Facebook, there wasn't Instagram, there was a blog. And even then I knew that not everyone was going to see my blog post, even if they subscribed, which at that time, more people did subscribe to blog posts and it probably did come to them in a digest, but I made my email special. And so it's just always been a part of my business. And there have been many times when I've watched social media change where I have had a very deep uh a breath, a sigh of relief where I thought, thank goodness I have an email list. Thank goodness. Because I would not survive. I would not have survived as a business if I hadn't had one. It's just that simple. And the reason is, as I had talked about before, the reason is because there was a period of time where, you know, you can experience a little bit of burnout Um, I've never gone into a full burnout ever in all my years of sharing, but when you've been sharing online consistently every week for 10 years, 12 years, you got to start to build in some, some space there. We'll talk about that at another time because I'm going to start building some space in, I think even around the podcast, you have to give yourself this room and I needed it. I was going through, um, a personal experience and I had been sharing and sharing and sharing. And so I sort of pulled back from Instagram right as it really took off. And it was the time where people were posting all the time and that's what was recommended. And I just, I just couldn't do it. And so life, there will be seasons of life where you won't be able to feel as present, but there's something kind of gentle about being able to send an email And it's not so, um, I don't know. I don't really know how to articulate that, but it always has felt different to me. It feels like I'm communicating with my friend versus a room, you know, that's filled with strangers and my friends. And that's already, as I say that out loud, a belief system that needs to shift as well, because this will be my, my third tip, but my second tip. So the first one is to get an email service provider, get your email list up and going, even if it's with your friend, your one friend, get it going, have it ready, have it ready for your people. They're coming. Even if you don't have them yet, they will come. And two is to be consistent with your message. And we were talking about this last week. Oh, how I wish (laughs) it doesn't help, right? To be like, oh, I wish we had the conversation from last week. It was so, so insightful, so many tips. So hopefully we'll be able to recapture some of that today. But one of the points is, do you email? You know, the question is, well, how often do you email? Well, if you're daily painting and sharing art, I emailed several times a week with a piece of art that I was also selling. And 
I had always, uh, I just naturally fell into a rhythm of Creative Thursday. Here we are on a Creative Thursday. And it made sense for me to send an email every week. And, and sometimes I miss that. I don't think I'm sending one today. <laughs> it's April 1st. We just closed the doors to the expansive artists. I've sent many emails. I probably do something special over the weekend. And typically, though, you're going to get an email from me on on Thursday every week. And you could also send one once a month. But I would say at least do that because people will forget. Uh, I know we're, we're not really supposed to say people will forget you. They, they won't forget you, but but they will be like, who is this person? Why are they in my inbox? And you don't have to reintroduce yourself every time. You do want some consistency. So I would say at minimum, minimum, minimum once a month, um, ideally then every other week. And if you can do it, especially in the beginning, once a week is, is great. And, and then if you're doing something special, like I know a number of you have been doing, especially in the expansive artists, to release something every day. And that would be for a certain amount of time, usually, that your subscribers will know. And they will be opting into that experience with you if it's around sharing your daily paintings. So they will be welcoming those emails every day. Again, they will not be a bother. And then my third tip is to... Let me preface this with a little story. When I used to audition commercially uh, in the acting world here in LA, I took a number of classes of how to audition and how to be on camera. And this is one of the best tips that really applies to many, many experiences in our life. Like even right now, me talking on Clubhouse and recording this for you is to think of one person on the other side of the microphone, on the other side of the camera, on the other side of your email. Just one person, the very important part of choosing this one person, they love you. <laughs> like they really love you. They adore you. They cannot wait to receive your email. In the commercial auditioning world, they would say, Choose your best friend, you know, someone that you just that you light up when you see them when on camera, especially. Right. It will show in your face versus. And I have done this because let's just say there were some judgy people in my life as a child. I'm sure we had them. We we had we all had them somewhere. And I would sometimes think of the judgy person. I would write to the judgy person like, ooh, hope I'm not bothering you. Like this is the subtext, right? Hope I'm not bothering you. Oh, here's my email. <laughs> Here you go. Yeah, I'm going to send it. Like I do believe that people receive the energy in all of your transmissions, whether it's a social media post. Certainly, again, we can talk about Clubhouse, how powerful the voice is. You hear it. You can hear people's energy and you can feel it in their writing. And so don't write to that person that's going to be waiting eagerly to press unsubscribe and never talk to you again. <laughs> don't write to that person. That's not your ideal collector. Your ideal collector is someone who will take you take the time to write you back and thank you so much for your art that you shared, 
for your message that you shared. They will forward your email. They will be so appreciative to be in your world. And, and those people, they do exist. And it's incredible to hear from them. I always say thank you. If you've sent me an email, thank you. It's very special today to get a reply back. And just a bonus tip as you start emailing, make an inbox within your inbox, make an inbox that um, is called your love file. And for years, when someone sends me a really kind note, I save it in that inbox. I actually have notes all the way back to when I first published my book and people were sending me really long notes about how the impact that my book had on them. And if there's ever a day, because I, I got my first sort of not hate comments, but as I as you grow in exposure, it's just a normal part of that process as you cast a wider net that there are going to be some, I'm going to mix analogies, some kind of bad apples in your fishing net. <laughs> what do we want to say? Now, are there bad fish? I don't know. There's going to be some grouchy ones, some crankies, some cranky bunnies, and they start speaking up. I still am always like, oh, I'd love to know why you bother. Why, what does that give you? But it's just part comes with the territory. That's why you really, if you really want to grow, you're also not going to be able to be bothered every time someone unsubscribes from your list or stops following you on social media, because you'll have to grow to a level where someone will just say something totally inappropriate to you on social media. And it'll be fine because you'll be among friends who understand and it'll just roll right off, roll right off your uh, shoulders. Feathers like feathers of a duck. I'm going to mix a whole bunch of analogies today. So the point being, where was I going with this? Write to the person who adores you. Save the love file because you can revisit the love file and put your attention and energy there when someone it takes the time to be bothered by something you do. It's typically a sign that you are doing something right um, and something about your success in any form is sort of triggering to that person. And that's typically why people feel the need to actually type and write about it is my assumption. And so if you put your attention there, as many times we will put all our attention on the one, the one bad apple, the one cranky bunny, instead of the hundreds of people that you've made a difference for. So that's just a bonus number four to save a swipe file of your kind messages and your notes, or even screenshots on social media if you think you won't be able to go back and find it. And I just want to say thank you because I got so many beautiful notes this week and notes from new members who are joining the Expanse or who just joined the Expanse of Artists and how, how happy they are to be a part of our community, which then I also say thank you to our members who are um, making them feel so welcome. And thank you, everyone who's joined me here live today. Those are my initial thoughts going into the podcast this week. We are getting that podcast from Clubhouse this week. And I will open up the floor to take the conversation further, to share some tips, to, um, I was going to say, argue why emailing isn't a good idea. We, but then I'm like, I don't know that we want to have that argument. <laughs> but you could also say why it might not feel like a good fit for you. And I'm open that, to that conversation as well. I'll be, it'll be tough for me to be convinced, but I'm open. 
So Marisa, Jodi, Stephanie, Megan, Lauren, Alexandra, welcome to Clubhouse. I see that you are new here. Sunny and Christian and Sieda. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Thank you for joining me today. And Jodi's coming up. We know we know our Jodi. <laughs> Jodi is coming up to share. Hello, so good to see you. You knew I would come on up. I know you're making the rounds this week. You're making the rounds. It's wonderful <laughs> to have you. So share, well, share. What a great room. Oh, this thank is a you. Great topic. Yeah. So, yeah. What I would want to um, comment on is I had the, when you talked about the judgy person, I think that that is such a valuable little piece of information is to not be writing to the judgy person. That's great. I, I think that that goes amongst the whole part of, you know, the whole, the whole model of being a working artist that you're not doing any of this for the judgy person. And I think that when the vulnerability of, of maybe people who are starting out, which myself was not that long ago, was the thought of what are people going to say about me and what are people going to um, think about my art? But that's, I've, I've let go of that. And once I was able to, I mean, that's not, it's still there, of course, but when I'm creating, I'm creating for the person that loves my art. And when I'm writing my emails, I also, um, another thing that I do is I, I write it to a person. I, I don't know if you actually said that, but I, I don't write it about, about, you know, a group. I write it like I'm actually writing to a specific person. And I know Marisa that your emails are like that. Um, it feels very specific to me. I feel like you're reaching out to talk to me and I, do that with my emails. I'm coming off this, the, the month of February where I wrote a daily email. I think that you know that, and most of this room might know that. And some of your listeners know that I had done a monthly thing and I had people that were missing my emails and reached out to me after and said, Oh, you know, I, I'm missing your emails. Um, Another thing that I wanted to say about the emails, and it, it was just in my head and is gone. Uh, I'm going to pause for a moment, and I will let you know what it is in a second. Oh, I know what it is. I'm sorry. When you, t when you talked about the swipe file, um, I also have a little grouping of emails that I receive from people that I like. Um, that I, that resonate with me. And so something that might resonate with me, I save in a grouping and kind of that helps me to know how to formulate my emails as far as, well, if I like that, then, then that's how I want to formulate my emails to make them, um, maybe resonate with the, the type of person that I'm reaching out to as well. So I, I, I curate a few emails that I like. That was what I wanted to say. Oh, yes. To have a swipe file of what inspires you for sure. Right. That's what you're referring to, Jody. Yes. And that's also especially good for subject lines. That's something that that we could also talk on and, and or have a room on in the future, just copywriting in general. But because emails are are also um there, it's a little bit harder than it used to be to reach people through email because as just 
you can imagine people's inboxes are getting more and more full. And I noticed sometimes that even my own emails have ended up in my junk folder, which is disappointing, but it just happens. And basically a good subject line will help people open your email, which will help it be more likely to get into their main inbox. And, and then as a side note, also, if people reply back to you, that will also assure that, that it will be a higher priority email for them in the future. So to bring one more point in and, uh, Jody, yes, I absolutely agree and do, as you noted in my emails, speak to one person, not a group. I also do that on the podcast for my podcasters out there or anyone getting ready to start a podcast, you speak to one person because you're in basically one person's ear. You're not, I know you're speaking to a lot of people, but you're not really speaking to a lot of people. It just makes it a more personal connected experience to point out or really to have the languaging as if it's just you. I'm just talking to you right now. And a little different on Clubhouse because I see you and I just mentioned your names. So a little different for this podcast. If you are new to the room, I record my podcast live in Clubhouse. So if you do come up, this recording, fingers crossed, will be uh, on the podcast next week. But yes, writing to one person. And Jody, you also made a point that I was coming back to and it just uh, slipped my mind. I always remember to take notes when I'm listening. Um, I think it was, oh, I actually have two questions for you. And please feel free to join us on stage and bring your questions or your thoughts or tips around this. Where, so question one is how did it, what was the moment or I don't know, process of really letting go of, you know, writing to the judgy person. And uh, two, when you were sending your daily painting emails, were you also crafting a story around each piece? Um, so I'm not sure if I can speak to the exact moment where I stopped thinking about the judgy person in the forefront, but I would say that it probably has to do with joining the expansive artist, uh, you know, not to be so um, brown nosy or whatever, but I, once I committed to, to joining the expansive artist, I felt like I had invested in my um, belief in the art. And so once I did that, that was more powerful to me than the judgy person that could be on the other side of whatever communication method I was using. And so it was like this leap of faith and it kind of all wrapped up together right there. So, you know, that person doesn't, that judgy person is still around, they, you know, they're around, but I'm, I'm, as I am getting further along in my, my business and strengthening it, um, it's, it's few and far between that that judgy person would, would, would come between me and, and what I, what message I'm trying to bring. Does that answer that question? 
It does. <laughs> okay. And you're welcome to praise the expansive artist as much as you like. <laughs> I actually have to thank Jody. Uh, she joined me. I'm leaving that up on my business page. I'll say this for my podcast listener. If you go to facebook.com forward slash creative Thursday, I heard from a number of people how inspiring it was to listen to five of our expansive artist members talk about what the community means to them and just personal wins on their journey, including Jodi, which I'm really appreciative of her willingness to come and share her story. So I encourage you listening if you haven't yet to listen to that video. It's, you know, it's just always so nice to hear from so many different people what their journey is like as they go from maybe not trusting themselves as an artist or believing in what's possible to really believing in that. And as Jodi is saying, you're referencing back to the point I was making at the beginning where I'm glad I asked you that question because for you, it sounds like it really was a decision about, you know what, this is too important to let anybody get in the way of that. That isn't actually in support of me and and my work. Right. And ultimately it's, that's a, that it's okay. I don't know why for the longest time I felt like I was supposed to include those people in my decision-making. <laughs> like it's a little similar to, this is a slight uh, inspired tangent, a reminder to not ask people's advice, um, A, if you don't actually aspire to be similar to them or have a, a life similar to them. And I would say even better, more an attitude similar to them, right? Because we can often have a life, but not necessarily feel joyful within that life. Don't necessarily reach out to those people for advice. And also, especially not people who, for artists who aren't selling or make sure you ask an artist and specifically an artist selling online, if that's where your focus is, ask them for advice. Uh, don't, don't take advice from the peanut gallery who does not understand what this life is really like, even if they have an Instagram account, they do not understand. And just for the record, I was doing a little research yesterday. Apparently, allegedly, there are a lot of people who teach people how to sell art online who actually aren't artists and don't necessarily have an art business. And we're going to be talking a little bit more about that at some point in the future. But because I now run Facebook ads, I see a lot of ads that are similar to my theme. And I I just was a little bit surprised. And I thought, does anyone ask this person if they actually are selling art right now or have sold art? So just a reminder to be very um be very aware of where you might be letting the judgy person into your life, not necessarily just not only through who you're choosing to write to or speak to or podcast to, but also who you might be reaching out to for advice. Because for a long time, I felt like it was important to get the naysayers in with the positive, right? That that would somehow balance it out, that that would somehow harmonize the decision. Maybe it comes from that old adage of the pros and the cons list, but the pros and the cons list is from your mind, not from other people's minds. So I think that still works. Just just be be aware of who's invited into your trusted circle. 
There, there, there was an inspired tangent there. <laughs> okay. So much. So. I, I want to answer your second question. Oh yes, that. Jody, let me hand it yeah. back over to you and I'm bringing Sorry. Alexandra up as well. And let me awesome. just quickly say, Alexandra, if you're new to Clubhouse, when I bring you up on stage, just make sure that your mic is muted right away because you come up with what's called a hot mic and we can hear you. So I'll bring you up and Jody. Yes. Thank you for bringing me back around. No, I just, I just think I, it's important. It was an important question, question. And so I wanted to be able to talk about it. Um, the important question. Yeah. The, um, you asked me if I felt like my monthly emails were helping me have a discussion about my art. Is that how you worded it? But what, yeah. What I was, and specifically what were you writing in those emails sure. or was it just yes. the art? Yes. So you talked about a story. Yes. So I would say 100% that I was weaving a story, but not a story about a, that was maybe um, a thread throughout the whole month, except for the fact that the, the month was based on prompts that all had to do with flowers. And so there was a theme amongst the artwork that was being released but the, the deal was, is I was able to tell a story about each piece. And I, I believe in the fact, in the, the idea that if somebody can kind of see where your, where your thought process was around it, um, for example, you know, um, I would say, oh, this flower reminds me of being at my grandmother's in the, in the backyard in the summer, I can smell the flowers at her house, you know, that kind of thing, the vested, um, emotion behind the piece of art, which I, I believe helps somebody want to, to collect that piece because somehow my story resonates with something in their life and they can feel that same feeling. And so that, that I think was very much a part of how well that daily, um, offering sold that, that every, that they were sold so much because I think people loved the story and the art, you know, it was a, it was kind of a compliment. Whereas when maybe you, you catch somebody's eye on your Instagram feed and they see your art, they might like it, but they might not read what you say about it. They might not read, you know, uh, in, into what you're, what you're selling. They, I don't mean selling as far as, I mean, um, what you're saying with that piece of art is what I'm trying to say. And the emails did that. And I, I really believe that's valuable. So I, I'm not saying that I want to go do, do daily pieces every day forever, like you did forever, Marisa, <laughs> but I, I am going to revisit that avenue of, of approaching my list with a daily offering to my collectors, or also it taught me that, you know, offering a piece in my emails specifically and talking about that specific piece is a little more valuable than maybe other places that I share. Does, does, I hope that answers your question, but it was a very vested thing, I think, and the storytelling definitely had to do with it. Yeah, thank you for that, Jody. And 
and we'll, we celebrate you because I think you were saying 24 on the video the other day, 24 of the 29 pieces, you almost sold out of your entire collection. So whatever you did was working. And I too, I, the one quick question back to you, then I want to um, talk about daily painting for one moment and then Alexandra, I'll hand it to you. But the quick question back to you, Jody, was, did you feel that you, because you understand, you're coming to understand marketing, you know, and, and we've talked a lot about this within the expansive artists. And so we know that telling a story around a piece is something that really helps people connect with it. But did you feel that you had to dig deep for that or did it just come natural for you to be able to share that so eloquently, so clearly? Did it also help in your art creation process as the days went on? Uh, absolutely, both. Um, the, sh the, the, the crafting of my emails became... Um, I wouldn't use the word effortless because it's not effortless, right? But it was smoother and prettier and more in like line with my message and who I am and what I'm, what I'm about and what my art's about. Uh, it, it definitely was, it was so valuable in, in that sense. I became such a better copywriter doing it for 28 days in a row every day. Uh, you know, you had to have that thought in your head that, okay, they heard from you yesterday. You can't say the same thing that you said yesterday, if that makes sense. And then as far as creating every single day, something that was going to be um, presented as a piece that was offered um, was helped my art making so much, so much. I, I'm not going to, you know, sugarcoat it. There were a couple of times where I was frustrated and had a troubling day where it just didn't flow the right way. Um, but that you learn from that as well. You know, I, I had things in my head of what I wanted to come out that just weren't coming out. And I, I had to, you know, let myself give myself some grace and, and move on to what my second thought was. And then my second thought actually ended up being what was appropriate and what was the right, the right fit for that day and what that day's prompt was. Um, so I, my, if you, if I look at the collection from day one to day 28, I, I can see the growth in my art making and it, it, it was, invaluable. The experience of doing it was invaluable. I highly recommend it to any artist. Um, it, you'd have to, some artists would have to be um, willing to change, obviously, what their type of art is, because it has to be something that you can do every day and present. But I did small little pieces and it was, it was very successful. I'm very happy with it. Thank you. This is Jody. I'm done speaking. Yeah, I was the the final question on this is did you prepare because you could as an artist you could also prepare this in advance and schedule emails in advance and you know it would still be every day but you could add preparation. So did you or did you use this as an opportunity to really be in the moment with all of the creating? Most of the time I was in the moment creating. There were a couple times where I got a couple days ahead um, and the emails were written ahead and everything was ready to roll. Um, uh, just by 
by whatever circumstance was happening, I, I might've just been on a roll and the creating was just happening and I, I didn't want to, to lose it. And then, um, towards the end of the month, um, February 25th was my second dose of the vaccine scheduled. And so I, in preparation for that and worrying that, um, I might have, you know, not feel so great after that second dose, I prepared ahead for that. Um, fortunately I didn't have that, uh, a strong reaction. I did have a day of feeling a little tired, but I would have been able to create if I, if I had to, but I, I didn't have to. And so I sat on the couch and watched Netflix all day. Um, but yes, I, most of the month was each day was a, a day of, of creating a piece, writing the email and, and crafting that email with those same emotions that happened at that moment of creating um, the piece. So it was, it was, it flowed most of the time like that. Um, but that the end of the month was, for example, was prepared ahead of time. This is Jody. I'm done speaking. Thank you, Jody. I just want to circle back to the, my practice off of this. And then Alexandra, thank you for patiently waiting. Um, I, you were saying I did it every day for very long. And I just want to clarify, I basically got it going several days a week. So I never I've never done a daily painting sequence the way that you just did, where it was 28 days consecutively. I got into the habit of daily painting, but it could be on any given day. And I was motivated mostly by my desire to create and uh, quickly followed by my desire for income because my work started selling that way. And so I would, you know, create a painting for both reasons, but there wasn't a specific time of day. It could be at any time. And it was also because I've grown into more of a planner, still growing into more of a planner. It very much suited my personality of wanting to allow the moment's inspiration to feed it. I'm also uh, openly talk about the fact that I'm slightly, uh, I guess, according to Stephen Covey, addicted to urgency. And so the deadline would work for me because I will stay absolutely accountable and keep my promise. If I say I'm doing something, it's going to be very difficult for me to change it or cancel it or anything. And so I knew myself well enough to say, if I tell people I'm making a daily piece, I will follow through on that. And so even if I wasn't feeling it, I would, I would go with it anyway. And often really great pieces would come out from that experience as well. And I would be very much in the flow of my creating. So initially it suited many different forms of, well, many parts of, of my um, personality and also creating style. I feel a great sense of fulfillment starting and finishing a piece where I know some artists really enjoy hours and hours of detail and, and maybe working on one piece for a larger piece, perhaps for a longer period of time. And so a lot of a lot of this process, I will always remind everyone, is about really finding uh, what works for you. And to Jody's point, doing a daily practice of any kind. I know um, Stephanie's here and she's been doing the hundred hundred days or her with with ceramics, it's incredible, her sculptures. And I know Lauren is here and she did her 12 days of bird paintings and it's a really great practice to either develop something new in your artistic voice, or it's also um, 
you know, a great way to build momentum and build up an audience because people will join your email list to see what's coming next. If you're, if you're favoring them and sending it to them first, and it's just, it's a very exciting practice. So just to close the thought on the daily painting for the moment and Alexandra hand it over to you. Thank you for waiting patiently. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be on here and I wanted to come with the perspective of someone completely new and someone who does not have an email list set up and but is looking into starting one. So I kind of wanted to talk from that point of view. I um, started painting when quarantine hit and I sold my first painting in May and I've been doing commissioned paintings. So pet portraits, house portraits. And since I started selling paintings, I've had a pretty consistent waiting list of commissions to do. And at the same time, I also am home with my son who's two years old and also work retail nights and weekends. So even though I knew an email list was probably important. And obviously through hearing this, I know it's even more important than what I thought. Um, that kind of stuff went by the wayside. Um, doing Pinterest for marketing, setting up the email list. Um, so I am now in a place where I'm looking to leave my retail job and am wanting to start an email list. And I also feel kind of like I missed the boat because I've done so many commissions in this past year, like so many. And I'm like, man, those people could have all been on my email list. But hey, I'm starting where I'm starting and I'm excited and grateful for resources like this. And I also am part of the Expansive Artist group. Um, within the last week or so. Yay, Alexandra. But, welcome, yeah. welcome. Yes, thank you. Um, but I'm completely a newbie. I just paid money to start my actual website. I had um, been doing Etsy and most of my commissions, actually like 95% of them have been just through people like messaging me. Um, but I thought it was important for me to have some sort of a landing page. Um, so I just did that, and I'm in the process of starting to build my website, which is a really daunting task. But yeah, I'm in the very new, new stages of this whole email list thing. So I'm appreciative of any tips or advice. And yeah, that's this is Alexandra, and I'm done speaking now. <laughs> Alexandra, I was going to ask you, how did you come to the room and how do you know us? And I'm so happy to meet you, at least by voice for now. And congratulations on getting all of this going, first and foremost, and for committing to the work that you're creating and to up-leveling your business and, and learning and diving in you, you definitely, not to sound on trend, but you've got this, you've got this. So it will just be a question and I'm glad that you're with us so we can help guide you as to where to put your focus first. But I want to tell you, you can go back to your commission 
clients and ask them if they would like to be a part of your of your email list. I'm assuming if they purchase something from you that you might have that record somewhere and you can reach out to them and say, oh, by the way, I'm going to be communicating with collectors. And, you know, if I open up new spots of my commissions, I will be sure to to let you know in case you'd like to book another another commission. And uh, as I create more work, I'm going to be sharing that with my collector list first. So you can always go back and reach out to people, even if I think maybe you were saying it was on Etsy. I know if you are on Etsy, sometimes there are some rules around that. But I believe that if you are just sending a personal note, inviting someone and asking them if they would like to join, there's absolutely nothing against the policy that I'm aware of. If there is, it's another reason to not be on that platform because those are your clients. There was a a spam law back in the day that if someone has actually purchased from you and they have you know, had that transactional experience with you that you could add them to your email list, that that was another symbolic form of quote unquote opting into your world because they've actually bought something from you. So I've never gone to email jail in all of these years. You know, it's just common courtesy and common sense about how you approach this, but don't ever hesitate to reach out and ask or make it known, obviously, that you have a list. And now that I know that you're in EA, you can go uh, take a look. There's a quick tutorial on Flowdesk. As I was saying, I really recommend that as a as a good starter for for artists, especially. And you can take a look at that tutorial and just see if it makes sense to you. But you can also join. I'll make sure that there's a link available. If you join under someone, you can. I think it's still $19 a month right now. I would do it sooner rather than later because they keep adding on more and they're a relatively new platform and they uh, they will continue to get better. They already have since I've joined them and I imagine that their rates will go up, but I definitely recommend that and you can take a look at that to decide if it feels good to you and get some initial tips right away. And were there any um, specific questions that you have or Jody, did you have any insight that you wanted to share back with um, Alexandra? All I want to say is you did the right thing by joining the expansive artists. It's going to change how you view your art business immensely and bravo to you. And so cool that you have a little one and you can, um, have a have a job that you can work around your little one. I love it. Congratulations to you for joining. Happy to have you. Thank you so much. Um, that was helpful about saying that I could reach out to the people who have done commissions with me. Um, I definitely will do that. And and it's not. <laughs> I have an Etsy, but I've maybe sold a couple things on Etsy. It's been more people reaching out through like DMs, um, personal messaging on Facebook who, you know, see things that I post and are interested. And it's, I, I mean, I have, I'm constant, like I have a list of like 20 commissions that I need to get through right now. And that's why 
the email list and the website has been so daunting because the commissions to me is like, this is how I make the money. I need to finish these paintings. But I know in in not even the long run, probably more the short run, this email list and website will be very profitable. It's just like, oh, I only, you know, I have to work tonight and I only have during my son's nap time. So I got to paint. And that's kind of where I've been. But hoping in the next month or so to leave my retail job soon so that I will have more time to do all of it. Thanks. Yeah. And you bring up a really good point, Alexandra. And um, we're just so you know, if you've just joined us, um, a quick reset, then I'm coming back to Alexandra's point about doing all the things and when to do those things. But we're talking about email marketing today for artists, the importance of it. This is a recorded session and I shared some tips at the beginning that you'll be able to hear on the podcast, but I'm also glad that you're here live because last week we thought we recorded and Marisa, someone named Marisa, my, this Marisa, not my Marisa Montaldi, <laughs> did not plug in her roadcaster into the computer. So we had no recording. So you never know. You definitely want to join us live like you are here today. So if you are here live, please uh, don't be shy. Raise your hand if you have a question around email marketing, if you have um, any thoughts around it or any tips that you'd like to share with fellow artists. I have written, I don't even know, probably let's just say I've written almost an email a week at least for 14 years, give or take. And so I have a lot of experience in this area and it's, I truly had my best month in business as an artist just last month. That was primarily solely to my email list. I, I barely mentioned this special um, retirement of my collector pieces. I barely mentioned it on social media. I focused all on the collectors who are already on my list and it was a really powerful month. And I was reminded again of the value of your email list. It's one of your greatest assets as a business owner. So don't hesitate to reach, uh, raise your hand just at the bottom, <laughs> reach out, <laughs> reach out. Oh my goodness, friends. <laughs> Thanks for bearing with me. I think I've talked about 20 hours <laughs> in the past 10 days. I went live uh, with our challenge last week and we're going to have a celebration party in the expansive artists. I can hang on. My voice can hang on a little bit longer. And so um, I'll be bringing you up. But I wanted to quickly address Alexandra's point of saying, you know, it's okay. You are making the right decision for you right now, which is absolutely uh, your commissions you've agreed to do. They are your income. Save the names of them. You know, you can add them to your list. You'll know to do that now. And mm -hmm. you will also, you know, the, your, you will squeeze in the email when you can. It's okay. Um, these are exactly how we make the decisions. And a lot of times just knowing that that's our next step can give us a pause to breathe and just take care of what's in front of us right now. And so you're so wise to know that difference. And then you'll add on your email. But I will also say that setting up a Flowdesk account is, it's, it's like five minutes. And they also, one of the reasons I love them is they have templates ready to go that will even 
prompt you like, hi, welcome to my email list. So one thing you can do is even just set up a page, which is super simple in Flowdesk. It's called a form. You can set up a page and have a link in your Instagram that just says, um, for lack of any creativity right now, you know, join my list. (laughs) Or if you're interested in a commission, sounds like you're loving doing that. If you're interested in a commission for Alexandra's case, Uh, please join my list and I'll let you know when I'm opening up new commissions and just let that be there. And then when you have time, you would also, you can add an auto welcome, an auto. So you're not sending it. It triggers right away when someone signs up and it can be as simple and they have templates in there as simple as like, Hey, welcome. Thanks so much. I'll be in touch soon. So don't overcomplicate any of this. Just get it going. You'll always want to refine it. You will, and you will always refine it. And you can just drop that Flowdesk link right in your Instagram bio. So I share that with you as well. And um, Sieda, I don't know if you were still trying to come up. I saw your hand raised, but we're definitely opening the floor. There we go. I'm bringing you up to join us. Hello. Hi. Um, Thanks, Marisa. I actually had a question about the platform and then you answered it while I had my hand raised. So (laughs) I I unraised it. So thank you for answering that question. I have used um, MailChimp in the past and I've also tried just creating a PDF and putting that into my email. Um, And it, it hasn't been ideal. So I've been curious about what other people are using. We clarify really quick the PDF that you're putting into an email. I'm not sure that I'm understanding that fully. Sorry. Um, so um, it was just kind of an experiment that I've tried before. I've put in um, pieces that are for sale into like an InDesign layout. And I've created um, PDFs of that, like as if it was a magazine spread. And then I think I had to convert that into a PNG or a JPEG or something to get it into the email. But um but basically, I created the entire layout by hand, and then I, I put it into the email. And I, I assumed that that was not the ideal way to do it, but I wanted to give it a shot. Oh, I totally understand what you're saying. And thank you. Uh, thank you for clarifying that. Sure. Basically, what what you're doing is a lot of extra work for sure. And (laughs) I imagine that your emails are especially beautiful. It's again, one of the reasons that I, so I used to use, here's my, my mail program, um, traffic. (laughs) Sieda, I'm going to talk for a second. So if you just mute, just in case there's background noise, and then I'll come right back to you. Um, and also remind me if I'm pronouncing your name, right. Um, um, it's Saida. Saida. Thank you. you. Okay. And I always remind everyone I'm Marisa, not Marissa. Marisa, like Lisa. So it matters to me to make sure I get your name right. Saida. Okay. So I started with Constant Contact. Uh, there were very few options at the time I started. And then I moved into MailChimp, which was a very beautiful option at, at that time. I transitioned into ConvertKit, which I also highly recommend. Uh, It's so, it's very sophisticated in its tracking capabilities, but many times as an artist starting out, you don't need all of that. And I, the reason I ultimately left MailChimp was I couldn't organize subscribers. So I had 
more students and members and uh, art collectors, and certainly some people are all. They fall into all the categories, but other people don't, and they don't necessarily want to be hearing about everything everywhere. So then there's a way that you begin organizing who you're sending to, um, what, when. In the beginning, that's not necessary to sort all that out. And again, if your primary focus is art, you're good to go. And so I did leave MailChimp because I, it was not as robust as I needed. And then I also learned, and this is very important to know, it, it had a falling out basically with Shopify. I don't understand the details, but they couldn't come to an agreement with how to connect. And since I'm a Shopify, my website is built on Shopify user, that was a no-go for me. I needed that automation to connect from my email service provider. So when someone buys a piece of art on Shopify, Alexandra, it automatically makes a list of, of my buyers. And on Shopify, it also gives someone the option to refuse. So if they don't want to accept marketing, let's say they're buying a gift for someone and they're not necessarily interested in staying up to date with you, they can refuse the marketing and it will separate them as well. And my email service provider, it's called your ESP, will now connect with Shopify and Flowdesk does that and ConvertKit does that as well. So that was a big no-go for me on on MailChimp. Now let's come back around to what uh, Saida was saying, and that is uh, ConvertKit's not pretty enough. <laughs> it's just not pretty enough. It's, I wanted to do what you're doing. I wanted to create graphics and bring them in because I wanted it to just look better than it does. And it's not that it doesn't look professional. It looks nice and you can get very creative like that, but who's got all the extra time for that? So when I saw Flowdesk, which a number of artists were jumping on the Flowdesk bandwagon, I was receiving their emails when I was like, oh my goodness, this is just so stunning the fonts that you can use and then they've pre-created layouts for you as well and that can be the only part that feels initially a little limiting because you think well there's only so many layouts but you can get very creative within those layouts changing colors of backgrounds and you could still do what you're doing Saida you could still create your own graphic in some instances where it may be styled a certain way and upload just that into an image, you have so many choices there. And so ideally, you don't necessarily want to be spending all of that extra time and go with a platform that will give you the aesthetic that you want. And again, you know, make it very easy for you. And that's something that Flowdesk does so beautifully. And they're a nice combination of being more robust and organized than I found MailChimp to be, and also very seamless integration for what is called your opt-in, meaning the place that someone signs up for your list, which if you're doing nothing else, this is another tip I want to share with you. Make sure that you have a pop-up. If you have your own website, have a pop-up, which Flowdesk does create that for you. It's a tiny snippet of coding that you plug into your site. If you have a Shopify or Squarespace, just Google another tip, just Google, how do I install a Flowdesk pop-up on my Shopify? And you will find a tutorial on YouTube super quick. And uh, Flowdesk also has a lot of good help articles and videos as well, but those pop-ups work. 
They really do work. And going all the way back to the beginning of this recording where I said, you know, we don't want to quote unquote bother people. A lot of people won't maybe put a pop-up on their site because we know that, yes, it can be annoying, but you can set it up so that it appears like eight to 15 seconds after someone's been on. And then there are even more sophisticated approaches where it won't show it to someone if they've already seen it. So again, don't worry about that. Just use it because it works. If you're not asking for emails anywhere else, be sure to do that. So I just want to share that with you. And Saida, is that helpful? I would encourage giving Flowdesk a try. I think there is like a 14-day free trial and then it's a paid service. That sounds awesome, Marisa. Thank you so much for sharing. I am definitely going to give that a try. So any other questions or thoughts? I'm like promising that my clubhouse rooms don't go on for hours and hours, even though the conversation is always so interesting. Are there any additional questions from you who've joined us in the audience? I won't put Lauren on the spot, but I so would love to know her experience with the 12, the 12 days of birds. I'm so curious. But um, also just to say, are there any additional thoughts, tips, questions you have around email marketing? If you follow the Creative Thursday Club, I've been here um, every Thursday for the last few weeks. Uh, there's a good chance I'll be back on Thursday uh, next week. And I say good chance because I talked a little bit about putting some time and space into my creative output at this juncture of my of my journey and so I might be I might be taking a a week off next week but we'll see you can also always keep up with me on Instagram where I make a point to share these rooms when I launch them or when I schedule them oh my goodness Oh my goodness. All right. So Jody, Alexandra, any final and Saida, any final questions, thoughts, closing tip for, for email, for getting those emails out there? I would just say commit to them. Uh, I would, um, as a newer artist in business, I was very hesitant about it. Uh, but once you start curating your list, those people want to hear from you. They wouldn't be on your list if they didn't want to hear from you. And I um, wanted to just mention to Saida that Marisa touched on the pop-up. I would say probably 70 to 80% of my list has been curated through my pop-up on my website. Uh, so the pop-up definitely does work and just write the emails they want to hear from you. And it's so valuable for your business. This is Jody. I'm done speaking. Oh, and Jody, since we, we missed last week, the share, please, please. I want to thank you for sharing your time and your wisdom with us. And so please tell everyone, well, see, I said everyone, tell our one podcast listener <laughs> where they can find you. Where can we find you, Jodi, on Instagram, your website? Uh, my website is creatingjodeb.com and I am creating Jodeb on Instagram as well. Thank you. Thank you. And Alexandra, we need to know where we can find your commissions as well. And then Saida, if you have an Instagram or a site that you would like to share, I appreciate you sharing your time with me today. I want to make sure we can spread the word of your work. So Alexandra. 
Yes, thank you so much. Um, my e or my Instagram is at Alexandra N Designs, so that's where people can follow me. Thank you so much. Um, hi, thank you, Marisa. I have a website. It is saidaraji.com. So that's S-Y-E-D-A-R-A-J-I. Um, and then my Instagram is also Saidaraji Art. Fantastic. And now, now our listener knows they can subscribe <laughs> to your email list and they can hear from you. Last week we had, I'll give her a quick shout out. I was hoping she'd be able to join today. We had the artist Alex Cole join us and share so much insight. And I saw on her Instagram that she was um, inviting people to join her list. And she had explained that she sends one a month for now. She puts a lot of her marketing into Instagram, but then does follow up with her email and she sends her studio notes. So I knew because she talked about it that I could sign up for it and start receiving her email. So we can encourage everyone to, you know, there's a little bit of practice to this to just saying, hey, this is where you can find me. And this is, I know that's not always in every clubhouse room. So certainly there is an etiquette around promotion, but I openly invited you to do so. And then I'm just encouraging everyone, everyone who's listening to be able to follow you and know that we're going to be getting emails from you. We're very excited. We're going to continue this movement. So I thank you very, very much for joining me today and for being a part of this podcast episode and for um, current existing new members of the Expansive Artists. I'm really, really honored to have you all with me um, on the journey as always. I thank you for that as well. And I'll be seeing you shortly for a welcome party and I think those are all the thoughts for this week. So fingers crossed, we're all good on the recording and I will see you back here on Clubhouse and on the podcast soon. Oh, I always remind you to just think about, make one little note, one takeaway from today, something that you can implement just one, just one, if it's putting a pop-up up, if it's signing up for a new or, um, changing an email service provider to suit what you need for your business. If it is creating with a daily, you know, doing a daily creative practice and sending people an email, we had a lot of really good shares. If it's getting your email consistent, even if that's once a month right now, you can also re-engage with people that you have who haven't heard from you from a while. And my, I'll just close with this tip of basically saying it's a conversation. This was a point I meant to make earlier. It's a conversation with one person in your email. And when it is a conversation and you, you can ask a question, and many times when people reply back to that question, there is a bit of an email strategy of just inviting those emails to go straight to their inbox instead of a junk mail. So there's a benefit if people do reply back to you, but also, and this is even on social media, just remembering that it's a dialogue and, you know, think about the person on the other side and what would really make their day better today in hearing from you through the art that you share, through the story that you share, through a tip or a resource or some insight that you have, how will it make someone stay better? So I hope this has brought some goodness to your day today. Think about one thing you can walk away with and 
put into action in your art business. And I'll see you all back here soon. Creative Thursday is recorded by me, Marisa. You can find all things Creative Thursday at creativethursday.com and learn about how I can support you in building and growing your thriving artist business at creativethursdaycourses.com. Be sure to hit subscribe to get the next episode as soon as it drops. And if this episode has inspired you, share it with a friend and fellow creative and leave a positive review so that more listeners can be introduced to the Creative Thursday message and mission to empower artists to know their worth, value their work, and consistently artfully sell to their ideal collectors online so that they can make more beautiful art all in support of living a life they love Coming together as a creative community, we uplift and support one another while encouraging and being an example for more people all over the world to dream big and believe in what is possible for them.